And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Warriors, come out to play! Warriors, come out to play! Hello and welcome to a winning edition of the Warriors All 82 podcast. This is te- since last podcast was Warriors Plus Minus. This is technically the first winning edition of this and we have a large group on here including pistons writer james edwards is on what's up james how are you i'm doing well how are you guys doing je3 je3 fresh and live from the greatest basketball game of the season baby <laughs> we're gonna get you and ethan in a killian hayes oh. conversation a little later <laughs> our guy I, not looking good i wanted to start with my favorite moment of the night do you guys have a guess what that is was it involve a Giannis comparison maybe it does perhaps not. it does no. not wow. it involves tim kawakami has now labeled the fans that get after him on twitter as the uh the great time out fans it's a great, it's a great time. Marcus Thompson is probably not surprised by by that. Uh, by, it's the Cohan. You have to scream. Everybody's great. You can't ever have any criticism of their wonderful, beautiful players. And I call them it's great timeout fans. This goes back to the Cohan Rowell era, and this is what this is what it is. You know, when they're winning, you're kind of okay. They should do this. This should be better. When they're losing, it becomes this frenzied, oversensitive. You know, insecure. How dare you say a 19-year-old is juggling the ball? This is what he's doing. James Wyden's juggling the ball. I praise him more than anybody, and I can say he's juggling the ball. There's a reason why he's catching the ball and not dunking it and and why these rebounds are fumbling off his hands. It's one thing. And so I'm used to these fans. MT is used to these fans, I think. If I, if I get it, I'm going to fire right back at him. I can't stand it. It's a great time hunt. This is what was bad, but what was, was corrosive about this franchise in the past. was Everything was great. You had to say everything was great. Everything was great. Troy Murphy's the best. Mike Dunleavy's going to be a superstar. You know, Monte Ellis can never be traded. And that was I, I liked garbage. how you said they were they were there the whole time. They were just quiet. They were just yeah, exactly. muzzled by the success. Exactly. Now, like, now okay, they're losing. They minute. can come back. Yeah, Andre Iguodala doesn't shoot a jump shot, but they win, so I can't criticize it. But I, I, we need only people who shoot jump shots. That's all we need. It's got to be Monte Ellis. It's got to be Monte Ellis, and that was garbage. And not Monte Ellis wasn't garbage, but that fan mindset was garbage. And it's coming back a little bit, so fine. Let's go. Let's go. I'll have more fun on Twitter. Oh, I, I cannot <laughs> wait for all this fun. But um, let's get back to tonight. The 2-2 two two Warriors. You want to know the craziest stat right now about the Warriors? They are the worst team in the league point differential wise right now they're minus 54 through four games but they're two and two they have the same record as the lakers they have a better record than the nuggets than the rockets same record as the uh, bucks were you know it's just this was a really weird road trip they look like the worst team in the league getting just blasted those first two games nudge went out against the bulls and then i'd say they're kind of riding home with a little bit of momentum because this was their best game of the road trip i know the pistons aren't gonna be good james we can get to you on that but that was a pretty good performance by the warriors yeah, they had a couple of quarters that were good. Like, you can start to see them patch together some things. 
again, you know, we'll see how as the competition level rises and they play some of the Western teams that are good. But you could see some of this. You could see the way they close the first half. You could obviously you could see the way they close the second half. There are some things that they're doing better. The more shots are going in, no question. The defense can get up into people. We talk about rotations if we want to, but we know they're they're piecing together some units. And that center, who's 19 years old, is pretty good. And they seem to play a lot better when he's on the court than they do when he's off the court. And I think this is just going to be what we're talking about. It's like James Wiseman's ups and downs, down last game, up this game, is, is kind of be how we judge the spirit, the mood, the momentum of this team. And, and this was a other players play great. Wiggins played fantastically. You skipping over the elephant in the room though. Juan Toscano Anderson, two know when he starts. <laughs> yeah, like what absolutely. are we talking about here? Yeah. It does This is it here. Plus twenty tonight for JTA. The most grimly funny part of that game, and we can laugh about it because it turned out that, that JTA was okay, is when he went down with an injury and Bob Fitzgerald and Clint Azabuki reacted like Michael Jordan had just gone down in the finals. I thought he uh, lost his like, leg. No, th- this is the last thing that you would want to happen, said Bob Fitzgerald. I'm thinking, <laughs> look, it's not good, but the last thing... <laughs> It looked bad in person. He wobbled to the other end of the floor and like vanished behind some like TVs and like you didn't see him for five minutes. And I thought uh, it looked worse than an ankle for a second. But yeah, I mean, I was impressed with what what he brought. Anyway, he was like he was back in the floor in about five minutes too. It's it's, maybe he's maybe who who knows. Started the second half with a three, with like a made three from the wing, which I didn't know he could do. So I want to go to James on. James Wiseman, because us four have obviously broken down Wiseman's game for about nine months now, including part of his early games. James, this was your first look at him. You got him in person. You're actually the first of us five to see him in person because he didn't play the preseason. What were your thoughts? Yeah, like you said, first time in person. I've watched two of the Warriors games so far. I am a, uh, I stick with my light-skinned brother who was born on the, on the uh, same day as I, and I watch a lot of Steph Curry when I can. Um, so that means I, I watch James Wiseman as well. And I mean, tonight, obviously the, the moment was the, was the block on Plumley, picks up the loose ball, essentially goes coast to coast and, and dunks on some heads like that was you've seen good things you've seen defensively, you see what he can do. I've been impressed with his jump shot. I think his shooting form looks great. Um, and that kind of surprised me based on stuff you you research going into the draft. But his ability, I think, to put the ball on the floor is going to be something worth examining going forward. And he has a good feel about him. I don't know. Like, I, I'd be interested to see him maybe get the ball on the elbow more, face guys up and see what he can do. I think that's going to be a part of his game that's going to come. I just like his fluidity. And that play, to me, really showed it. Now he's being chased by Plumley and Svi Luke, not the most athletic guys, but he looked good moving. And I've been impressed from what I've seen from Wiseman, not just again tonight in person but in totality this so far this season you know that is like what you know the dream scenario of james wiseman as a 25 year old is that like four times a game right you know it's just like grab and go uh, i'm doing that a lot i'm dribbling I'm, I'm i can go through the lakes and he can do some of that stuff we saw it in the miami gym you know leading up to the draft all this like footage of it that's the first real fluid transition play we've seen he had a couple against the nets where he like charged into you know he committed a charge I just think that that ability he showed to pick the ball up, and he's shown it like every step of the way. And if he can dunk it, he's gonna dunk it. Like he's it's whether he's a foot outside of the paint, like he's just like if I get to my spot, I'm just going. 
And we we've watched Warriors big man who just simply could not do this. It's get the ball, maximum one dribble, and you're at the rim dunking. And he's doing it with one dribble. He's doing it with no dribbles. On that transition play, he picked up the ball by the three-point line. There is Name a big man the Warriors have had in the last five years that can pick the ball up at the three-point line on the move and dunk it. No Andres Bijan slander, please. Name five players in the league that can. Yeah, right. Yeah. Giannis, Kevin Durant. Like. <laughs> well, now, now it gets to – this is a question I have. What, what kind of handle are we talking about? Because – Right there, he broke it out, you know, like uh, like well, we Phil saw broke it in it that out. video, right? The video from that scrimmage, we went, "Whoa!" We took the rebound and he went. That was very similar to that. It is very similar, and so I just wonder. I actually got curious. I was just watching a little bit of Giannis rookie year because I was wondering because people made the comparison, but Giannis was dribbling all the time, every possession. He was dribbling like a guard, so it's not that. But can it be something close to that? I I don't know. It's just this. It's this weird thing. He suddenly breaks out and he looks like a guard. And you wonder is that something he can access all the time, or is this just going to be a flash once or twice a game, and it's going to take us by surprise? He blocked a plumly shot with his left hand, which is his dominant hand, and he takes a dunk in with the right hand from the right side. That you don't see that. You don't see veteran big men do that. I mean, forget yeah, about he crossed the, to his right on the dribble. To, like, yeah, it, yeah, it's like he's now his his two best dunks as a pro have been right-handed one hands. This is elevated stuff. This is skill level. This is like you've got a lot of players who've never dunked with their opposite hand, not one time, and he can't. He's done it twice now. He read Hollinger asking about how there are no one-hand dunks, you know, because to that point in the first two games, I think he read that. He had a little something for our colleague. I think that's James Wiseman is an athletic subscriber at 19 (laughs) years old. There you go. We could use it. We could use it. You know what play I like tonight? Maybe just as much as the dunk. I mean, he had a jump shot where he one dribbled to the right and took like a 20-footer. And it was like, you know, we've seen him just stationary catch and shoot jumpers, face-up jumpers. That was a one-dribble move to his offhand and then kind of a, a you know, a, a lefty jumper. Again, it's it's looking boshy. It just is. I was actually surprised just now looking at his box score. I thought his impact in the arena, I felt was bigger than what it shows on the box. Right. I guess I didn't realize he was three and nine. I felt like he was pretty active. And like those two things, like you said, Slater, like stick in my head, obviously the, the Euro step, the coast to coast dunk, but that jump shot. And I've been kind of mesmerized by that each time I've watched him. It's, I don't know if it's because he's the number two pick and the warriors are in this weird spot where they need him to kind of thrive if well not now with obviously clay going down but he's he's a very much kind of the talking point he's their future yeah exactly future. It, maybe you pay attention more but i i felt like his presence was was greater than necessarily what the box score showed too oh plus 23 on the plus minus there's where it shows up oh did yeah you're uh, right you know, he did they, they play better when he's on the floor they just they played better in the first quarter when he was on the floor picked up two fouls out they played better in the second quarter when he came back in and they absolutely played better in the fourth quarter when he was on the floor. He closed the game except for he fouled out. But he was going to close. He was going to play the last seven minutes of that game. It's so strange because he doesn't know what he's doing. No, he doesn't he's know not what he's gra- doing. Although he's- you could kind of see him learning as he's going on. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, you see the see it picking up things. You want to know the interesting moment, and I'm going to have it in, in my postgame thing. They're coming out of halftime. He's had a bad first half. He wasn't good defensively. He wasn't physical enough. Detroit hammered him on the boards. He got in foul trouble. And as they're coming out of half, Draymond Green is in his grill, like forearm shivering him out to the court, saying, like, dude, you got to box out. You got to play more physical. You got to do this. And he 
he comes out and has the best defensive half of his early career. He's played eight halves now. That was the best defensive half of his career. Steve Kerr said it. And yeah, you felt like, man, he's kind of, you know, we've talked about the defensive awareness. Can he learn it? Can he not? He does. I mean, we'll see. There's going to be a lot of growing pains, but that was a good defensive half by him. That's where his impact was in the second half defensively. Are we going to act like Andrew Wiggins is dominating? Yeah, I was going to say, we got to talk about Wiggins. You know what I'm saying? Like, can uh, Warriors (laughs) fans have a chance to gloat in the Minnesota Timberwolves fans who've been dog enough? (laughs) It was him searching for a shot and him it going down. And that's what they need him for. Five minutes a game. Do that for five minutes. This was longer than five minutes. But he just looked like he knew the ball. And he took a step back three, it looked like. Like, boom, in. Double pup, step back, in rhythm. It was like the full spectrum in five seconds. He clearly is a rhythm player, right? He, he can't But get he was himself. under control, too, right? Yes. Like, he yeah. wasn't, like, everything he took looked like a controlled, patient shot. Even his little pull-up. Like, it wasn't, that first game was so weird where he just was pressing. Like, this is a completely different person. And some of that had to do with, you know, James is a uh, Pistons, you know, like that, for sure. But I think that's fine. If, if Wiggins just goes out and dominate bad defenses, like they need that. That would be a huge boost for them. I agree. But he also just does this, you know, when it's like he has the bad game. Okay, let's not overreact to that. He has this great game. Okay, let's not overreact to that. They're going to be better when he's this version. Well, it's like how much of this is variance, right? Where he's five of eight from three. Well, if he goes, I don't know, three of eight from three then I, and who knows if i'm able to do basic math right now that's, that's six less uh, points yeah it's 21 points on 19 shots that's a very wigginsy game right that's just two three-pointers not going in and we're not talking about wiggins so i just wonder how much of it is a function of variance combined with the shooting has been so horrific leading up to now that any semblance of offensive competence feels like we're watching a top 50 of all-time player yeah no quote and he got but, but he got seven rebounds he played some defense I mean, there, there were things yeah, he, didn't turn, the yeah, he yeah. didn't turn the ball over like crazy. But I was always like, okay, this is one really good Wiggins game out of four. We can say the last game was was good. I don't think it was great. So what? Would the the Warriors passing take, was good. The passing yeah, yeah, last game was fine. They'd take last game. But let's just say, would, would they take these four games repeated throughout the season from Andrew Wiggins? If or they're well-timed. <laughs> if they're well-timed. Like, like hey, you're going to lose the Nets game anyways. Play terrible in that one and then go My beat point, the He best. cannot do what he did in game one. I don't like they. He can't repeat that that was so horrendous that that cannot be repeated he's too important to them to repeat that if he's you know if he gives them one of these every four and then the rest are like you know like the last game or even like you know maybe like game two which was a little better but he can't do number he can't be horrendous and if he's great once every four games they'll take that they'll absolutely take that Knowing that there's a great game out there every week or so, when once a week, I, I think they'll take that out of Wiggins. If he plays defense, too. He, he can't be horrendous on defense. If he just gives Can we call him the defense. Derek Rose stopper at this point? Can we? Ooh, <laughs> call him? Thought, he had a I nice mean, pin thought, block. Yeah. I was thinking, like, when are they going to put Oubre? Father or, Time is, might be that. <laughs> why is Oubre not in the game, and why is Oubre not on him? But I guess they were keeping Wanamaker in there, too, because, you know, Rose was getting hot. I said, I, maybe you need somebody else in here, but... He did get a little. I mean, he he couldn't do that the whole game. There was no the, or the whole fourth quarter. It just wasn't going to happen. Uh, I was curious about some of the rotation. He cut down Ubre's minutes, uh, and he played Wanamaker. He played. You know, Damian Lee played less minutes, which was weird. Like he came off his great game and lost time. 
it's like they're going to alternate some things, I guess. Uh, and, you know, Mulder played some minutes and was not good in those minutes. So I guess Kerr's just going to have to kind of rotate them around. Uh, and if you get great minutes out of Wiggins, a lot of it makes sense. And, and Steph was very good, although I did, but he did turn the ball over like crazy today. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. You know what was Wiggins' best play of the game, in my opinion? An off-ball screen, well-timed, wipes out a defender <laughs> yep, yep. for a Steph Curry curl. Steve Kerr might have cried of joy on the bench after that play. Steph was about to cry, that was for sure. <laughs> you could tell, like, he, honestly, that they happy. exploded in happiness. Like, that's what we've been saying to do for every practice. That was interesting. That's too funny. Killian Hayes? I was about to say, I feel remiss. We got yeah. to troll Ethan a little bit, like. Clear Mr. the court Killian for these two to go one on one with the first I mean, I mean, I'm not the only one on this podcast who's been a big <laughs> Hayes backer. I will say that's what we got uh, you some defense here. Uh, you guys need to explain. Well, it, this so. is this, we have no defense. Well, first of all, we could just well, James. The injury that he suffered was it before the game? <laughs> <laughs> did his heel, yeah, did his ankle injury somehow go to his wrist too? Because it seemed to affect that shooting motion a little bit, just a little bit. In Killian's defense, since I'm, I've been uh, delegated to that position, yeah, he hasn't had a great start to to his career. But what I will say is, he's not that type of player that. <sighs> And it's going to sound like such a a cop out response, but he's very old school. And like, and I think Troy Weaver made a great comparison, and I see it too. Is if you're going to compare him to somebody, it's kind of bigger Goran Dragic. You see a guy that's wants to be meticulous. He wants to get guys involved. If you're a basketball nerd, like you get excited about, he'll take the pick and roll left and swing it back to the the weak side corner, like those type of passes. The passes Reggie Jackson couldn't make and and didn't want to do. So it's like those are the plays, unless you're like really looking at what Killian can be, you probably watch it and like, eh, this guy hasn't really done anything. And his shooting hasn't hasn't come along yet. Um, he, he shoots a lot better when he's his feet are set. He's been kind of settling for a lot of Harden-esque step-back threes. Um, but when he gets his feet set, they've gone in. I think right now with him, he's struggling to find out where he can score at the NBA level because the, the three ball is not falling. He's getting mid-range shots, but they're not going in. And then he's getting to the lane, but he's usually either dumping it off or he's still getting used to playing length that is not what he's accustomed to playing in Germany. He does a good job of getting to his spots. I do think at times he picks the ball up too soon. He'll just go to a spot and kind of pick the ball up, and and that's been an issue. But he's 19, and and you see some of the passes and some of the reads he makes, and you're like, okay, this guy's going to be kind of your quote-unquote. I don't know. We've seen 19-year-olds produce already. You see John Morant, and it's, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I thought last night he was pretty good. He was good. In the, yeah, he defended. He's a good defender, too. I thought in this Ethan's might be... watched every possession of his career. <laughs> this point. That was the game. For whatever reason, a lot of people were watching Hawks Pistons. I don't know why, but I was texting different it's people. Probably watching. the Nate Duncan, the Nate Duncan look. But I, I thought I don't know what you guys thought on this. I thought he did a 
decent job on Steph in the first half defensively. They had a plan where he's long. He's long. Yeah, he's yeah, long. He's, and he's strong he's, too. He's, he's, he did a good job, but I think the issue is for a point guard, your responsibilities are, are more on the offensive side than on the defensive side. So it's a nice little bonus. But I think sort of the concern with him is he's not he's not having a shooting slump where the ball's just rattling in and out. I mean, it's going off. It's just, it's doing that thing where it's missing wide left and it's missing wide right. Jordan Poole rookie uh, debut-esque, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which is scary, which is scary. We need to get into a Jordan Poole conversation soon. Yeah, we do, we do. do. All right, okay. We can jump into the, jump into the, no, I'm not even going to make it. So who's the better rookie? Bob Fitzgerald's wormed his way into my brain. Who's the better rookie between which rookies? Killian or Sadiq Bey? Sadiq Bey had some nice moments. Weren't the Warriors high on Sadiq? Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah, they loved Villanova. They couldn't take him where they were, but yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they loved him, but they didn't take him. If he was 12, 12, 13, 14. Yeah, if they traded like down, they would have they taken Sadiq Bay with his line drive three-pointer that's pretty accurate. Uh, the, the new J.J. Redick. I was going to shift the conversation a little a little differently, but I was going to say, like, the one thing watching these rookies early on with, you know, Hayes and Bay tonight and just watching league-wide is it's pretty clear the league was correct that the top three picks were the top three picks. Like, Edwards looks like a lot, you know, a high, even if it's high variance, he had a one and nine three-point game. He looks like a, a, a top three pick kind of lately. And LaMelo balls tantalizing with the passing and everything. And then Wiseman's Wiseman. And there was way too many, you know, of those names floated around as potential top three picks when I think it became clear late in the draft. Like, no. The Warriors were just floating everything, Slater. I might push back. I, I, I look. I'm, I don't deny Lamelo's superstar potential, but he is shooting 33 from the field. I, I was gonna say I think Killian's been bit. as good as he has, aside from the yeah, nice yeah, passes. We'll yeah, but yeah. I, I just think when you just see what the idealized versions of these guys become, that's the. Main I, thing. I would throw. Uh, yeah, yeah. You could throw, I would throw a Coro in there. Yeah, I was gonna Halliburton. Uh, Coro's shot or, looks yeah. better. I mean, like yeah, at I least like when I saw him in the preseason. He was doing some of what we saw from Hayes, where Okoro in college would do some, you know, sidestep to get open. You go, whoa, is this James Harden? And then it would be an air ball four feet to the to the right of the hoop. But his shot looks, I you know, th- these guys had a lot of time to work. And I think maybe some of them added stuff to their game and other guys didn't. But just based on how the shot looks, Okoro looks smooth when I've seen. And I would throw Pat Williams in there, too. Pat Williams would be very, yeah, yeah. Uh, Slater, Jordan Poole? You, Jordan Poole? The, the, yeah, the yeah. Warriors announced that so, Jordan Poole's yes. option for next season picked up. Deadline was tonight. They, they they took it down to the minute, really. No, I wasn't surprised because you take a guy 28th. I mean, they picked up Jacob Evans' third-year option. He had an even worse start to his career than Jordan Who's the last guy to not get picked up on the third year? On the third? No, I mean, Looney didn't get his fourth-year option picked up. But go back to Looney. Like, he had done absolutely nothing through two years. Nedovich might have been it. Might have Nedev- been I was going to yeah. say Patrick O'Brien, but you might yeah, be Patrick right about Nedovich. Nedovich. It might be Nedovich. Yeah. And, yeah. And, the, and, the, and, you know, you talk, that's more money to commit because usually a higher pick, you know, you more money it's only two million on jordan pool i mean i get the idea of hey if you just think it's not happening like cut bait and he's not on the roster next year but i'm not surprised are you guys I mean, no i'm it's... not surprised if you just look at it like can they absolutely say that michael Mulder is going to be their uh, shooting guard for them next season i don't think they can say that can you absolutely say that they've got anybody they know for sure can be their backup shooting guard to, to clay thompson they can play wiggins at, at the two or they can play you know, Ubre the two, but who's really going to be their shooting guard in that second unit? They don't know that yet. So you've got a guy who's six foot five, six foot six. 
You know, he hasn't been very good, but it isn't a crazy thing. You want to maintain his value, and do you know for sure you can replace him? I don't think they know that for sure, so you might as well keep him on the roster. And next season, there won't be as much of a roster crowd probably because you won't have to be carrying Clay Thompson for all year. You won't have to be carrying Marquise Chris for all year. And guess who you won't also be carrying is in an unused roster, in a roster spot that does nothing for them. Alan Smile each. Oh, no. So, uh, you know, they've got basically three more roster spots next season. So you might as well have Poole as one of them as, as a wing. You know, what do we always say? You always need more wings. Poole is playing. I am not a fan of his game. I don't know what he does well. I don't think he does anything well. But he does some I'm things. I'm sorry. Have you not size. been watching the Jordan Poole show Marcus the first Marcus three games? Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. You go with him. You go with him. You go with him. But I don't, I, you know, picking up his option probably wasn't the funnest thing they ever did. They probably, like, kind of hold their breath a little bit. But they don't know for sure how they're filling out their roster next season. So you now you know you have a guy who could be your fourth guard. Uh, that's that's okay for them. I think Damian Lee's a better player. I don't think there's even a question about it. But you're not you're still not a hundred percent sure about Damian Lee. This guy's one one of your guys. What does Damian Lee need to do? Is the question I, I'm, <laughs> hit I'm wondering. Hit a game winner to save their season <laughs> in Chicago. <laughs> work. Work. He hit a back-breaking yeah. three today, too. Yeah, he hit he a big did. three. This he, right. He's, he's right. not a bad player. They just are, are a little uncertain about him. But, listen, they're not as uncertain about him as they are about Kent Bazemore, apparently. So, uh, who knows on that one? I just think, you know, you always could use guards. He might shoot the ball okay at some point. Marcus is pretty sure he will. I understand this. It's just a maintaining of a of a guy that you can have on your roster. You can't underestimate too. Like these little add in players, if you if you if you think you might make a trade at some point, those little contracts matter. Like it, it helps when you when you've got a, a two million dollar young he contract. 20, yeah, he's twenty twenty one. I mean, you know, another team could like him. You when you want to make a big move and you just he's a toss in he's a, he's a salary you can add it's just something and I you know again on a fifty man roster it, there should be plenty of space for him not currently on this roster or is there a lot of space for maneuverability but on most rosters there is you you can fit Jordan Poole on it. Last thing the Warriors beat the Bulls and the Pistons James who will be worse this year who what what's a better win for the Warriors on the road trip because the Bulls actually won tonight I think I believe they. Let me look for sure, but I think the Bulls won. Though. I mean, yeah, I think the Wizard or the the Wizards win is the is the one. I mean, because the Pistons are Bulls beat the Wizards tonight. Bulls beat the Wizards. Yeah, I, yeah. Fred Katz said that uh, Bradley Beal skipped out on the presser. That's right. So that's that'll be fun. Maybe that's, uh, that's maybe that's your Jordan Pool, yeah. your Jordan yeah, Pool package. Yeah, Jordan <laughs> I'm just saying, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. If you take. <laughs> I'm not sure Wiseman for Beal straight up was even on the table anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, that's a, the Warriors have crossed the bridge from maybe that pick is you throw it in for a trade to, I mean, I'm not saying Wiseman's untouchable, but. Nah, he's untouchable. <laughs> he's like, that, that one play, that one play tonight, he crossed the bridge to untouchable. I trade him for the guy that that play reminded you of, but. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Who else are you trading for? <laughs> Not sure too bad. By the way, Timberwolves are losing, so there could be two and two. That pick might start to be looking pretty good. Well, Towns point. is out a while too. That Towns is out a while. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some interesting things going on there. So if the Warriors are on a spot that they're two and two and they scramble out of this thing, feeling pretty good about themselves, feeling good about Wiseman, feeling good about Wiggins, feeling good about potential picks in the future, that's pretty good from where they were. 
you know, not too long ago. It's pretty good from where they were. You can see a little bit of momentum for the season. I don't know how it's going to turn out. But say they take one from the, from the Trailblazers, and they're three and three after those two games. I I, I think they take that in a second after those for, after the first game for sure. They're kind of a feel good group, you know. They've got they've got certain deficiencies. They've got a lot of deficiencies, and maybe this is the brainwash effect of watching Fitz and Buki <laughs> saying yeah, this. <laughs> I mean, they are, but they are just they are just hammering the positive, <laughs> hammering it. And usually there was some give and take, and maybe uh, Barnett wouldn't really be on board with the the ultra positive, but they're hammering it. And I think they have a point when uh, they were saying that this team has a certain a spirit decor or. <laughs> They got you, Ethan. <laughs> they got me. Or like when, when, when Ethan's going to be the third man in the booth by the end of this season. <laughs> when, Azubuki, right in there with when, when Azubuki said, not a bad apple in the bunch. And I thought, eh, probably hyperbole, but, you know, you're swaying me. You're swaying me. It does you seem know like what? It's... That development team is just a top-notch. <laughs> it's an elite development team. And Look Sp- what they're doing. <laughs> and Smiley Geach has been hurt, you know? We might really see something from it. No, but anyway... <laughs> Anyway, uh, we're going to have to call a little we're going to have to cut off Ethan's references to the broadcast pretty soon. On these <laughs> but shows, I think so. there is something to it, though, and maybe you can call it a staff effect where they are under talented. But if they do succeed in making the postseason this season, I think the element of just having a team that seems to not maybe there's some of that youthful energy. It just doesn't seem like a sour team, I guess is what I'm saying. It seems like they've got they've got a good way about them. They've got a good attitude collectively. Yeah, we haven't seen it with Draymond yet. We got an interesting seven game hometown coming up that should include Draymond Green starting Friday. It goes Blazers, Blazers, Kings, Clippers, Clippers, Raptors, Pacers, seven straight in an empty chase center. With, like I said, a little bit of momentum pushing in that direction. So I'm curious. I'm very curious to see how this homestand goes. Four and three? You see four and three? Three and four. Yeah, three and four would be. I, I think look at take. this like a road game where they want to, you know, y- y- hang around hang around 500 and then make a push when they need to make a push. That's kind of how I look at it, given the talent level. A lot of we- a lot of weird scores across the West too. I mean, like you're looking at the Pelicans are are losing by like 40 tonight to the Suns, who look very good. Um, there's just I don't know strange stuff going on. Weird season, weird season. As long as we could conclude that James agrees that Killian Hayes was a, was a bad pick, then we. <laughs> oh, I'm not. Yeah, no, He's I'm okay not saying at seven. that. Well, yeah. it was seven, right? I it was seven. Yeah. Know. Dude, this Certainly guy wasn't one, Mister. Was, was Ethan wrong with wanting him at the number two pick? Was Ethan wrong for wanting him at number two? I, I like to say yes a lot. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't know if the, for the Warriors, I, I don't know if I would have loved that pick, but it's going to be interesting to see. I had responded to the Warriors plus minus brainwashing on Wiseman. You know, by the time it came, he was on Wiseman. Time. Yes, he, before the selection. Yeah, yeah we, but, we don't you know. we don't let Eaton off hooks here. We, no, yeah, we do not, do not. <laughs> no, we, don't, we don't do that. All right, homestand coming up, Chase Center. We will talk to you after that, James. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Good to hear from you. It's a great, it's a great time. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. 
Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.